What's up guys, it's Peter here, your substitute teacher for the rebuild, with a very important question for you. If you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? Uh, of course you take the money, so why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay you when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. So do the smart thing. If you're gonna bet on the football this season, bet with my bookie. Did you also know at my bookie, you can bet on games after kickoff, and by the second half, it looks like your bet is gonna lose, maybe like the Browns this week, then you can always just take the other side. There you go, piece of cake. And if you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little bit and win a lot, you should try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. Boom, like a parlay. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year to do it. Join now, and my bookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to activate the offer. That's promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, let's do this show. Welcome to The Rebuild. My name is Peter Moses, and joining me today from the site of the crime uh, is Cleveland Browns, uh, well, radio producer, Cleveland Browns aficionado, Meredith Kane. Meredith? Hello. How Scene of are the crime. we? <laughs> yeah. I don't uh, really think there's a better way to describe what happened today. It was, uh, it was a murder. Yeah. It was, it was a shellacking, if I ever saw one. That was... It was brutal, uh, and I thought the fourth preseason game versus the Lions was brutal. I mean, towards the end of that game, I was, I wasn't even paying attention. But this one was, uh, th- I think this would hurt more because it was regular season, because the Browns were favored, because everyone had such high expectations for this team going into it, and it was just like Austin Seibert misses that first extra point, and then it was just downhill from there. Can I say? Probably the happiest guy right now is Austin Cyber because he is somehow the least of everybody's problems. Right? You you'd think after that first uh missed pat that, you know, he was going to be the uh the talk of the town or I guess the the talk of all of the podcasts or uh beat writers. But yeah, I mean after that it was just completely forgotten. There was just so many other awful things that happened in that game that I almost forgot until I was going back over the first quarter stats, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's why we were only up six to, <laughs> to start the game. It was pretty terrible. We lost 43-13, to 13, um, and the game really could have uh, could have been called off in probably the top of the fourth quarter. I think you know there's a lot of things to go over about this game, but I think you can boil down everything that we're going to talk about, like stemming from two places. One is the offensive line. And two is penalties. The offensive line uh, was totally exposed. It was embarrassing. Um, they are the hottest mess. And Baker looked like Baker, who by the way might be injured, looked like Tim Couch out there or Derek Carr. It was uh, David Carr. It was brutal. It was yeah. absolutely devastating, brutal, embarrassing. And if you would have told me right now. Would you have rather had Kevin Zeitler or 
you know, Olivier Vernon for that game, I'd take Zeitler 11 times out of 10. Yeah, we're really missing that. Um, and it didn't help that Greg Robinson got thrown out of the game early. Uh, that that was not great. And that goes down to the penalties. And it was something that you and I were kind of talking about uh, before we hopped on the pod here is that it wasn't just the record setting penalties that that kind of told the story. It was the type of penalties because, you know, there I think the Titans had six penalties for about 56 yards. The Browns had what was it? 15 or 16 penalties for 180. I think 17. 17 penalties for almost 200 yards. Yeah, I think it was 182 yards, I want to say. And that was, and it wasn't just the amount of, of yardage. It was the fact that Miles Garrett hit somebody in the head and, and, and just throwing hands. And you've got Greg Robinson kicking somebody in the head and you've got pass interference calls. Like that is to me more troubling than the actual number of penalty yards in and of itself, because that was just sloppy. It was, you know, it was like AAF play. Like I didn't, you know, I didn't tune in today expecting to see the XFL. You know, it's one thing if it's holding penalties. It's one thing if it's, you know, an offsides here or there. But there was just. I would say it's in every phase of the game, too. There was such an emphasis on Mike Prefer coming in, how much better special teams are going to be. And almost on every special teams moment where we could have gained some momentum, where the ball was even kicked out of bounds, someone was holding somewhere. It was it was really and, and I would say the officiating uh, objectively was trash oh, and was definitely bad. favored the Titans, but that is nowhere close to the reason why the Browns got their ass handed to them. And it's so frustrating because I feel like that was a lot of the themes from last year as well was bad officiating and, oh, the, the officials want to win or lose this game. And it gets to the point, and I've always said this, where, yes, the officiating can be bad. They're going to make mistakes. Uh, it seems like the NFL refs make more mistakes than other leagues do, but you can't let them, you know, you, you can't put yourself in a position where a bad call is going to cost you the game. And I think that's the part that's the most frustrating with this team is that and it's not just this year. It was last year, too, that it felt like they were always in a position where the officials could assi- could decide the game. And you just can't have that. It really wasn't. I mean, this game was not even cl- The officials had nothing to do with this game. No, not this game. No, but it was just disappointing to see because we're so used to it. But it was just general trash with like the expected amount of trash with the NFL refs. You know, there's there's little trash. There's the expected amount of trash. And then there's an excessive amount. and, And today it was just the normal amount of bad NFL calls. I know that there are a lot of aspects to a football game and a lot of details, but I really think that everything that we can take away from this game and kind of rethinking about the narrative of the preseason is what an absolute uh, cluster mess our offensive line is. And I'll start with this. Like, the and I, it kind of isn't – it's a small point, but I think it kind of explains everything that happened too. Uh, Austin Corbett wasn't even dressed for this game, and he was basically a first-round pick last year. And their inability to just know that he sucks and cut ties with him – is emblematic of them not really giving credence to what could happen with this offensive line. Like, Chris Hubbard looked rusty. Greg Robinson got kicked out. Kendall Lamb lasted 34 seconds on the field. And their best, like, I would maybe think that the two guys they picked up, one from Buffalo and the one from the Packers, who played actually probably better than anyone else today, are going to be starting for them next week in New York. 
Now, after watching this game, are you looking at this and saying that John Dorsey should just open up his pocketbook and pay whatever it takes to get Trent Williams here? I, I don't think that's in his mo, but it wouldn't be a bad idea. I don't. I don't think Greg Robinson was the worst part of the line. I know he kicked someone in the face, and you know, shout out to Mike Vrabel and his team because they were mean and they made the Browns lose their cool. Like they listen, they were dirty and they were aggressive, but they were the ones hitting first, and the guy who reacts always gets the flag. So. Like, they just flustered him. They just totally messed him up. But I would still say Greg Robinson, you know, played a good eight games last year. I thought Chris Hubbard was much more of an issue than Greg Robinson. Like, dude was at, like, half the holding calls. It was insane. And the play, which we will get to, where Baker was sacked and I think probably has a broken something, uh, he just got worked in the end zone. He just got totally worked. Yeah, let, let's hope not, because there were pictures that were circulating, uh, and, I, and I didn't see this in the press conference, but afterwards, Baker Mayfield's walking out of the locker room, and he has a soft wrap on his hand, and they said that he was going to x-rays. That is not good. Um, you know, this is sort of the conversation is that, you know, there's really no good backup quarterbacks in the NFL. Like, every team is pretty much strapped to their starter, and if that guy goes down then you're in trouble and it's not just the Browns it's everyone but I feel like it's especially bad for the Browns because that has sort of been the curse of this team and the theme of this rebuild is finding your franchise guy finding your franchise quarterback finding the guy that's going to elevate the team to the next level and bring them out of the gutter and Baker Mayfield is supposed to be that savior and if it's an injury in game one I don't want to say the season is over because there's so many amazing offensive weapons in Jarvis and Odell Beckham Jr. and and Nick Chubb and uh, Hollywood Higgins. You just you've got these great weapons. But, man, you just don't want to have to worry about Drew Stanton under center. Oh, I would definitely hope it's Gilbert. I mean, there's no way from what you saw in the preseason that you would think Drew Stanton would play better than Garrett Gilbert. Just, I mean, he's just coach quarterback at this point. Yeah, he's I, the, Gilbert can throw. Stanton can't throw the ball. That's uh, an important part of uh, playing football is just being able to throw. I mean, Baker, the biggest thing for me was his hand went limp immediately, and he was kind of grabbing it, and then also – his balls just didn't have the same kind of zip on them after. And I think I, I'm not even like worried about his three picks. I didn't think they were like that bad. He just didn't have the same kind of zip on the ball. And hopefully, I mean, he's not hurt. Hopefully he's not hurt. But if he is, then this is a total train wreck. And you know what? Everything comes back to Dorsey not firming up this offensive line. It's really, you know, we talk about how the, the, roster was so much better this year they weren't picking up people on the waiver wire and all that stuff but that's also like exactly what they did with the offensive line they immediately picked up two dudes through trades because Austin Corbett is still unplayable undressable literally so bad he can't even put on the uniform and they are 
just uh, yeah, they're a hot mess, man. It's fuck. It's brutal. It's <laughs> yeah, brutal. It's, yeah, so much so you almost dropped a little FCC violation there, but that's okay. That's no why FCC we're, is on podcast. I know. We're, I was about to say it's why, it's why we're it's why we're on the internet. We live on the internet where the f bombs are okay, but yeah. I, it was there were a lot. Uh, there was a lot of uh, colorful language after that game from fans, uh, even from from people in in the press box. Uh, I didn't hear quite as much from the actual players themselves. Uh, they were they were pretty good in the locker room afterwards. They were they're all using, I guess, the mantra of it's just one game. It's just one game. You know, got to move on. You know, they're trying to you know be the starting pitcher, essentially, and having that short memory of pitching a bad game, moving on to the next start, which is good. And I really hope that that's not lip service, that they really do take that to heart. And the one, I guess, hopeful positive that I am trying to take out of this is that I think Baker needs a chip on his shoulder always. And as much as he says that the hype didn't get to him, as much as he tried to manufacture the chips going into today's game, this is the first time... Or, or this is only, I guess, the second time in his career, other than maybe his senior year at Oklahoma, where he wasn't the underdog, where he wasn't the walk-on, where he wasn't, you know, the guy fighting for a spot. You know, he comes in, he's the guy, he's the savior, he's he's it, and there's no chip there. There's this positive uh, aura around First Energy. The fans are excited. The team is excited. There's a lot of hype, and... You know, things got swept up. And as much as the team said that they didn't, I I have a feeling that maybe they did a little bit. And this hopefully will put that chip back on Baker's shoulder. But then again, we also have to hope that whatever's going on with his hand isn't so serious that he won't be able to play. Yeah, chip or not, he needs to be able to grip the ball. Yeah, Um, that's kind of important, just a little bit. And, yeah, I mean, I don't – I mean – he also just had no time. He had no time and Well, the early offensive... on in the game, he was holding on to the ball for a really long time. Like I think one of the second or third, you know, offensive drives, he had that ball for 6 or 7 seconds and he just couldn't find his man. So I mean, he really needed to get the ball out a little bit quicker. Uh, you know, I think that they didn't rely on Nick Chubb as much as they should have in in the beginning part of the game. I mean, Freddie Kitchens going in said that they wanted to establish the run game. Well, the run game was there. There wasn't too much run game in the first half. They didn't really start getting Chubb the ball until after halftime. Yeah, there was really no consistency in the run game at all. And I think they were a little tickled with themselves after kind of having that really easy first drive. And they got too pass happy. They got completely too pass happy because they're like, oh, we got to get the ball to. We got to get the ball to OBJ. We got to get the ball to Landry. We got to get the ball to Higgins. And we're all excited about these new toys that we have. I mean, I know that Higgins and Jarvis aren't necessarily new toys, but, you know, everyone wants to see OBJ. Everyone wants to see Baker spread the ball around like that was the, you know, the excitement surrounding this past game. And, you know, I think if Freddie says, you know, we're going to establish the run game early, they needed to establish the run game early and they didn't. Yeah, it was. uh it was a disaster. It was a total disaster, and I embarrassing. think embarrassing. It was embarrassing. I, I, it really, it really was. I think that was worse than maybe any Hugh Jackson loss, other than the one where he got fired in Pittsburgh. Like that was <laughs> that was bad. It, and I don't even think the defense played that poorly. I think they were undisciplined, but it just like they weren't like it. It, it was just demoralizing. I think. Uh, 
I think Showbird is kind of unspectacular. I know that's not very popular to necessarily say, but I, I the the linebackers just got eaten up by Delaney Walker. Like he was wherever he wanted to be and looked like a man amongst boys. Kind of looked like LeBron playing high school basketball. It was just really really crazy how good like the like him and the rookie Evans looked crossing the field. It was uh I mean Derrick Henry got, you know, got his got his touches and he took advantage of them. And then what was kind of ridiculous to me, especially towards in in the third quarter, Marcus Mariota had been throwing the same screen pass almost the entire game, this short because Mariota's not necessarily known for his long ball or or his wide accuracy so he's just going screen after screen after screen and it wasn't really going too many places but man once once they figured it out he had that one screen to derrick henry and god what did he run for like 70 something 75 yards yards, yeah yeah. for for a touchdown at that point it just became a track meet and i'm sitting there thinking i'm watching this play i'm like he's been throwing the same play every every single play for for what felt like the entire game how did you not see that coming All right, guys, let's take a break from talking about this super sad Browns game to talk about one of our sponsors. When you're selling online, getting your orders out can be a real pain. That's why you need ShipStation.com. It's the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage and ship your orders. No matter where you're selling, Amazon, Etsy, your own website, ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface. ShipStation helps you get orders out quickly, save money on shipping costs, and keep your customers happy. And right now, Blue Wire listeners can try ShipStation free for 60 days when you use promo code BLUE. There's absolutely no risk. You can start your free trial without even entering your credit card info. That's how you know they're cool, guys. They don't even need your credit card. ShipStation works with all major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, UPS, even Amazon Fulfillment. So you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. Just visit ShipStation.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in blue. That's ShipStation.com. Enter the promo code blue. ShipStation.com. Make ship happen. It's really... Also, a it's a bad look for the Browns staff when the Titans have two backups to start the game on their line, and they basically neutralized our front four pretty easily. And we started with everyone and looked terrible with whoever was in there at any time. It was just no, it was it just got blown back on everything. It was. Uh, it's it's just like I I don't I don't mean to keep harping on the line. For the yeah, last I know you're minutes, ve- you're very like, upset about the line. But I don't know where it's like they crushed Baker and nothing like they were holding on every penalty like on every, you know like the, the defense yes the penalties were bad but if the defense cleans up the penalties I would say everything else is emblematic of turnovers and the offense not being able to stay on the field like this is the Browns football that we know the defense plays pretty well and then the offense just kind of grinds down the defense because they can't stay on the field or put up enough points 
Yeah, and when you talk about embarrassing, uh, at one point it was close to the two-minute warning towards the end of the game, uh, and that's when all of the coaches come out of the coaches' room, which at, at First Energy, Energy Stadium, the uh, coaches' rooms are pretty much in the press box. So these coaches are streaming out of these rooms. They're heading towards the elevators to get down to the locker room, and I heard one of the assistant coaches run by and just say, ha, same old Browns. And that that's stung. Like I almost took that one personally because that was just one of those things where, yes, this team was so hyped up and he's absolutely right. Like this looked like a Hugh Jackson Browns team. And that was probably I felt secondhand embarrassment for the for the team. And it's one thing if it's coming from, say, a fan or a media member. But the fact that it was an assistant coach that said that really really stung and then in the locker room afterwards Delaney Walker was overheard saying this team was who who we thought they were so to me it says that the Browns got swept up in the hype but the Titans sure didn't no they just uh whooped the shit out of us that's uh that's all they got caught up in um and their defense is good they're an above average defense they were last year and Rabel is clearly a very good coach um his team embodies everything that Vrabel has always been about. I'm a player at OSU and with Belichick, um, and he clearly he's they a were man's just man. solid. He's a, they were, he is a dude. That's like they, the only way I can describe him. They're just solid. I This is a weird story to tell, but um, I, was on a, me. <laughs> I was at a wedding this summer, and a friend of mine played uh, uh, Ivy League football, and uh, one of his buddies is a – quality control coach for the Titans um right I'm not sure actually which which position he is I'll leave it anonymous for that and he uh I was just asking him about the first game of the season you know and what he thought about Freddie Kitchens and the coaching staff and right before he hit a ball on the tee box he learned turned around to me and said in very Baker fashion Freddie Kitchens I don't know who the fuck that is um and there was just something in the same way about hearing someone who is like in the NFL say that, that I was like, damn, that's like a pretty confident, aggressive tone to take for someone. And I would say like, you know, that seemed like the attitude of the entire Titans team. It was like, I don't know who the fuck you guys are that makes you think that you are so much better than us. Because even if you take away all of the hype, and all of the shitty drama around this game that we've talked about, this team is new-ish still. Like, this, this is a new line. These are new receivers and uh, who haven't really played that much together. Baker's yeah. I mean, started half a, a season. It's, that, and that's such a great point because I, I got killed earlier this week for saying that the Titans' offense was – underrated and I think that they were going to surprise people and and when I said that to colleagues they kind of looked at me like I was crazy and and they were like no if you had said their defense we'd believe you but are, are you are you looking at the same Titans team that we are if you look at this team this is roughly the same offense that Mariota has been working with since 2016 he's got Tajay Sharp he's got uh, Delaney Walker he's got Derrick Henry he's you know on the defense side you've got Kevin Byard like these are the same guys that have been playing together for three or four seasons so the fact that you brought up the Browns being new even though they're not necessarily young, they are all new together. And I think that's something that's really important to point out that even though 
people don't really expect much from the Titans offense because Mariota is kind of a middle of the road quarterback. He's got a lot of really good offensive keys around him. And these are guys that he's been playing with for years. So we're going to pause for a second on the doom and gloom that was today's Browns game. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about Harry's Razors. Uh, A few of us on the show use Harry's Razors. And if you visit their website, you can check out all different shave sets and face care products. Now, I know that this is a product that is geared towards men. uh, But ladies, let me give you a little pro tip. If you are not using men's razors, I can tell you that you are missing out. Uh, I can definitively say from personal experience that they are going to be a million times better than any of the cutesy little pink things that you can get in the store that have flowers and daisies on them. Uh, Join the 10 million who have tried Harry's. You can claim your special offer by going to harrys.com backslash blue wire. That's harrys.com slash blue wire. Uh, Harry's founders were two regular guys who were tired of getting ripped off and paying for overpriced razors. Uh, Guys, I feel ya. Razors are way too expensive. Uh, Harry's makes quality, durable blades at a fair price. Just $2 a blade. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. This summer, you can refresh your wallet and your face, or ladies, legs, or whatever else you might be shaving, with a Harry's trial set. It comes with a weighted ergonomic handle for an easy grip. Five blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade for a close shave, rich lathering shave gel that will leave you smelling great, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy on the go. Listeners of The Rebuild and any other Blue Wire podcast can redeem the trial set at harrys.com backslash blue wire. Make sure you go to harrys.com backslash blue wire to redeem your offer and let them know I sent you and Peter sent you to help support the show. It's really, I mean, it, the good news is this was week one. Like, that is the only good thing you can take from this and Baker not having a broken arm. Let's Those are not. the two things. I mean, it. I, I think, I, I, listen, if, he, if Dorsey trades for Trent Williams, fine. Overreact. But they got to keep doing something. I mean, Kendall Lambs is probably going to be out. Um, that Drew Forbes injury looks f- brutal now yeah it was a knee left knee injury i believe brutal i mean uh, eligible to return in in after week six but you know i would assuming uh wyatt teller that's his name right yes um i'm assuming he's going to be active next week kendall lamb doesn't uh... look like he's going to be playing and austin corbett again (laughs) even if they make him active he's uh, not great can't block yeah can't block anyone and is so was so bad at playing guard and tackle they're like i guess you can snap the ball uh, like here's hoping i don't know wanna it's it, it just like dude you gotta cut bait man we need linemen right now and if you don't even want to dress your 33rd pick in the draft from last year like move on let's go find someone else they're like you don't need to as the titans just showed you you don't need to have like the best players to have a good line or to give your, you know, quarterback enough time. But yeah, it's uh, a a hot mess. Yeah, they've got to find those weapons from somewhere. I was very excited about Wyatt Teller just because, you know, fellow Hokie, go uh, go Hokies for that. But the Trent Williams, to me, he's he's a win now guy because what is he? 30? He's in his early 30s. Is he like 31 or 32? So sure. Yeah. yeah, And so Trent, yes, he's he's a great left tackle, but if you bring in somebody like Trent Williams, that's going to be a maybe two-year deal 
uh, at the most because you're not going to want a 35-year-old offensive lineman trying to block your quarterback's blind side. Uh, so if they bring in Trent Williams, that's a, that's a win-now mentality. And with the way the Browns play today, they are not capable of winning right now. Unless Trent Williams is going to play right guard, I don't think it's worth bringing him in. Greg Robinson still, despite kicking someone in the face – had probably not the worst performance on the offensive line. Yeah, let's yeah let's uh, take aside the uh, Stipe Miocic uh, move that he pulled at one point there. Uh, wrong, wrong sport there, bud. Yeah, don't kick people in the face when there's video replay. That's the uh, that should be high up on the uh, the list of things not to do in a football game. Um, yeah, anything else you want to hit on? I mean, I feel like this game was so ugly and gross. I don't want people to have to hear about it more. You know, even in this recap, I think we can all just cleanse ourselves and pray for Monday night to go at least. I mean, at least the Jets lost. That's nice. And so and I think hopefully the fact that they do have a little bit uh, they have an extra day. So they're not going to be playing on Sunday. They're going to be playing on Monday. So I hope they utilize whether it's another day of practice or another day of rest that whatever they do, they need to use it wisely. Um, And I I heard a lot of, you know, it's just one game. Uh, you know, one game isn't going to kill you. Uh, Freddie Kitchen said after the game, it's very hard to go 16-0, and which he's absolutely right. So I really do hope that uh, with these guys saying it's just one game, that they truly believe it. Because it is one thing to say it. It's another thing to believe it and to live it. And one of the things that I do kind of have hope for is how guys in the locker room are going to respond. Uh, and Freddie said it himself. It's early adversity, and we're going to see what this team is made of based on how they respond to this adversity. So I, I told you before we we uh, hopped on the pod that um, I, I had in my mind going into this before the day started that can we really call this the rebuild anymore because I feel like we have the pieces. Things are being built, but clearly we don't have all the pieces. Clearly there are still things that need to be done. There are gassers that still need to be run because these guys are so undisciplined. Uh, so uh, we're still rebuilding, man. We're still rebuilding. Yeah, I just I wish we had a team that had less than five penalties in a game. I would wonder what that feels like. The Titans just could do every – I mean, listen, if there's holding on every play, they weren't calling it on the Titans. I mean, they did a little bit here and there, but – all right, it just like like fake it better, guys. Like do it all. Just be better. Oh man, just be better. I mean, listen. I I, I would say that was not a fluke from the Titans. They that was the game they want to play. They want to beat you up defensively on the front, and then they don't want Marcus Mariota to have to throw more than ten yards down the field. Even their longest pass in franchise history, he threw the ball as a screen. So I think they definitely have flaws, but they are very well coached. Their defense is very stout. They beat good teams last year. They beat a lot of playoff teams last year. Um, and I would say, you know, maybe I'm a little biased because they just trashed us, but I would put that, like, you know, with Foles going down and Andrew Luck out of there, there's no reason why they shouldn't be right there with the Texans for the for the AFC South. Yeah, and it's hard to not overreact because it is one game. This, you know, it ended, you know, not even three hours ago. So we're recording this almost immediately after the game. The dust has barely settled. So let's hope that we're not recording an emergency pod midweek. But, you know, it, it is hard to to look at this team and, and feel a lot of positivity. But, you know, me, the eternal optimist, I'm trying to 
like the guys in the locker room say, take this in stride. It's it's one game. You know, there's a lot to to examine, I, I think, as as fans, as media members, and then also the team itself. There's a lot that needs to be looked at. But yeah, there's you know, we just don't want to harp on the same things too too much because everyone, you know, it, it's going to continue to be talked about and, and hopefully more. More things will come to light later on in the week. Uh, I believe the team has Wednesday off, so they'll probably be back at the very least watching film and and running something tomorrow. I mean, if I'm Freddie Kitchens, first off, if you want to look at Austin Seibert, he, I, I would put him in front of the uprights and have him kick, what is it, 35 yards over and over. Like, do do the Michael Jordan thing where you, you don't leave the facility until you've hit 100 free throws. You know, don't leave until you've hit, you know, 25, 30 extra points in a row. That's important. And then also, I know during training camp, anytime there were bad penalties during the 11-on-11s, they were running gassers. So I think that's probably the two things. If I'm Freddie Kitchens tomorrow morning or afternoon whenever they start practicing is Austin Seibert, you're kicking everyone else you're running gassers sure and uh austin corbett i don't know what you're doing here <laughs> austin corbett uh here. get everybody some water uh i don't know at least dress because that was another freddie kitchens thing is that if you're not practicing you should at least be dressed in on the sidelines we saw that in hard knocks last year um but apparently he's not even dressed right now so that's just yeah that's uh, i don't know that it's such a he's such a it's such a weird situation surrounding austin corbett I don't think it's that weird. I think they don't want to admit they're wrong, and they should. It's not a big deal. Swallow your pride. Yeah. Like, check swallow your, your pride. and Check your ego. You not checking your ego might have gotten Baker's hand broken in week one. So, like, football is a very complicated game, but yet it's also very simple, and the Titans exploited their weakness. They just killed us in the trenches. They just absolutely mauled us uh, against our offensive line and held up enough against our defensive line and uh, just kind of wore us down. So that was, uh, to put it lightly, everybody's nightmare uh, scenario. and uh, The worst start imaginable. Probably yeah. worst case scenario for, for the start, but there are 15 more games. So we will see. And then at some point, uh, I believe it's going to be week nine, uh, Kareem Hunt will be back. But uh, then again, don't necessarily want to rely too much on that because is he going to play right guard? <laughs> I don't know. He might, you know, at some point, if you want to get, if you want to get an aggressive big guy at right guard, maybe Kareem Hunt say, Hey, don't run the ball. Just stand over there and don't let anybody touch your quarterback. It's a total mess. Um, and we will, uh, we'll see what happens. We'll get some updates and we'll maybe be with you this week. Um, Meredith Kane, thank you for your, uh, in-depth reporting and witnessing to a brutal murder at First Energy Stadium. That's my uh, FBI report. I've uh, given my witness statement to the police. Yeah, this uh, was NCIS Cleveland Brown. <laughs> the, uh, the murder is currently being investigated. Uh, we have a forensics team on it. And, uh, yeah, I believe uh, as of right now, Rebuild will be doing this after every game. Um, hopefully throughout the season we'll have some special guests uh, maybe to – give us a little more insight, a little more uh, in-depth analysis of, of other things that they they might be seeing. So, yeah. Stay with us. We will uh, make the suck a little bit less sucky. That's our that's our goal here at The Rebuild. Let's hope. Um, 
All right, I'm Peter Moses for Meredith Kane. Uh, go Browns, I guess. We will check in with you soon. Have a good one. <laughs>